Uh, I do believe the Lord gave me a word. I think, I think it's going to be beautiful. He's going to speak to us. How many of you are excited to God to speak? Amen. I, I go before the Lord and ask him and he gives me a word. And then I say to the Lord, Lord, I want to hear your voice because I just don't want to be the messenger. I want to be the place where I can be a message where I can not only hear his word, but also apply that word. And it's going to be fun this morning. The Lord is going to speak to us because that is what we need to hear. I do have some, I think, some new jokes. So let's see what how it goes. Okay. And uh, a four-year-old, a four-year-old boy was was asked to return thanks before Christmas dinner. The family members bowed their heads in expectation. He began his prayer, thanking God for all his friends, naming them one by one. Then he thanked God for mommy, daddy, brother, sister, grandma, grandpa, and all his aunts and uncles. Then he began to thank God for the food. He gave thanks for the turkey, the dressing, the fruit salad, the cranberry sauce, the pies, the cakes, even the cool, cooling whip. Then he paused and everyone waited and waited. After a long silence, his young four-year-old looked up at his mother and asked, if I thank God for the broccoli, won't he be knowing that I am lying? <laughs> anyway, mm. a recent study found out that women who carry extra little weight live long longer than the men who mention it. <laughs> All the singles take notes on that. Never mention anything about the weight, okay? The problem isn't that obesity runs in your family. It's that no one runs in your family. <laughs> I just burned 2,000 calories. That's the last time I leave the brownies in the oven while I nap. One more. The last thing I want to do is to hurt you, but it's still on the list. <laughs> anyway, lift up your Bible. Say this after me, Lord Jesus. Influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us. We want to hear your voice. Lord, the voice of a man is, is not going to bring any comfort that only the supernatural God can bring. So I pray for that. Take control of my mouth. I pray those who hear will attentive to your voice and that not only to be hearers of your word, but the doers of your word. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we will continue what we started uh, last uh, couple of months ago, uh, the book of Acts. We are camping in the book of Acts. It's one of the beautiful things, what the Lord is doing in, in our lives, in the church, in the gathering. And uh, this year, the Lord spoke to us, it's not going to be power. It's not going to be might. It's going to be by my spirit. So we are holding on to his promise. And we saw and we are seeing and we will continue to see a tremendous God's manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we, we started talking about uh, the various aspects in the book of Acts, starting with the big day, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that came upon people. And once the Holy Spirit came, how God turned a bozo into a you know, into your bezo kind of thing, like Peter got anointed, and then the great reversal that the last Adam's curse turned into the by the 
by but the first adam's curse was turned by the last adam jesus we also talked about the raw gospel uh, the power of the holy spirit that came upon person and peter and he could able to preach undiluted message and the last week we talked about um, the birth of uh, new beginnings where uh, the gospel became uh, something so predominantly uh, powerful that it brought such a revival in the church and uh, and i just felt in my heart that uh, that when we present the gospel god you know there are i i mentioned i think last week there are five gospels four is in the bible the fifth one is you and me and the world has never seen or read the first four gospels but they have an opportunity to read the fifth gospel so so the fifth gospel is you and me god has given us the ability to be that fifth gospel that you and me can listen and hear god's voice and live in such a way that we can able to share the gospel to the people who don't know and they can be attracted to the real message that jesus carries and and most importantly not only embracing the message but they will embrace jesus so this morning we will uh, we will meditate on the book of acts chapter 3 so chapter 3 is the verse that we will uh, we will hand out we will we will uh, camp in but not the whole chapter just the first 10 verses so the title this morning is hand out or hand up hand out or hand up so uh, let's read i'm reading from the amplified version so it gives you a little bit of a, a meaty substance on that now peter and john were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at the ninth hour around 3 pm a man who had been unable to walk from birth was been carried along whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful so they could so that he could get a big alms from those entering the temple isn't it interesting i mean people had this faith to carry this guy to the temple and uh, and they would leave him there so that they can have some kind of mercy i don't know whether you've been to the central church here uh, if you go out of the central church you'll find a lot of beggars sitting there i don't know whether anybody saw that i mean you, you can see in many churches or even in temples you come out of the temple you will see beggars waiting for some it's been practiced for thousands of years so it's not a new thing and that's what religion does religion has created a form but there is no power so they have look at peter and john they go to the temple to the prayer time praying is good i'm not saying prayer is not good prayer is good but if you just do prayer for sake of prayer and not experience the supernatural power of god we are entering into a, a dangerous zone called religiosity and what religion does religion teaches us a form without power and we will talk about it in 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 a moment but i just want you to just keep your heads thinking on that because this guy who was unable to walk from birth was been carried along whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful so he could beg alms from those entering the temple now when he saw peter and john about to go into the temple what they were doing prayer time imagine this you picture yourself going to prayer coming on sunday to sun on sunday to church 
papa's house on the way you meet somebody they are asking you for like maybe a 10 rupees change a coffee change but you know they are not only in need of a coffee for now but they also need for something more than just a 10 rupee coffee see we tend to see just as something you give and move on but peter had an anointing of the holy spirit that's why the baptism of the holy spirit is so crucial and he looked at it when when he saw peter and john about to go into the temple he began asking them for coins how many of you encountered that that when you go somewhere people will say maa or 10 rupees kuduma or 5 rupees kuduma give me 5 rupees or 10 rupees and we somehow we say change illa we say change illa there is no change but look what peter is doing peter along with john stared at him intently and said look at us we don't do that right i mean if anyone comes to us and ask for food the the only the last thing we do is to give them eye contact yes or no we don't give them eye contact because it it puts us on embarrassing situation puts them in embarrassing position you know it reminds me of the old comedy where the wife says uh, no to that beggar to the who comes and begs so he calls and says uh, my wife said no okay i also want to say something i'm going to say no as well you know and i, I mean i'm translating it but in tamil it's more 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 com- comical but that's that sometimes it's if you look at it you know you don't look into your person eye but here look at peter he started staring at him intently look imagine this a guy comes to you you're sitting in the car knocking the window and you just stare at him and then this is what he says a man began to pay attention to them eagerly expecting to receive something from them and this is the key words we will camp and peter said silver and gold i do not have but what do i have i give it to you in the name the authority and the power of jesus christ the nazarene begin now to walk and go on walking now some people makes this words like you know peter must be pentecostal that's why he did not have silver and gold you know that's not the words it talks about it's much bigger and deeper than that okay and he seized the man look at this is equally equivalent important he seized the man's right hand with a firm grip and raised him up at once his feet and ankles became strong and steady and with leap he stood up and began to walk he be- he went into the temple with them walking and leaping and praising god all the people saw him walking and praising god and they recognized him the very man who usually sat begging for coins at the beautiful gate of the temple when they were filled with wonder and amazement and were mystified at what had happened to him now i want you to just you know gather some thoughts here now this guy could not walk from birth i don't know what happened the bible does not say what happened but it, this is the story of this guy but he was brought to something a place called a beautiful gate okay now if you turn with me to ezekiel 47 and there is a beautiful scripture there ezekiel is in the old testament but i think if you can turn with me to ezekiel 47 we will camp there for a few minutes before we come here ezekiel 47 i'm going to read few verses it's not up on the screen so i will read some few verses it talks about this then he brought then he brought me back to the door of the temple okay it talks about 
the sanctuary of the Lord. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. From the temple faced east, the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me by the way of the north gate and led me around outside the outer gateway of the faces east. And there was water running through the east, running on the right side. And the man went out of the east with a, with a line in his hand. He measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters and the water came up to my ankles. Now, I want you to pay attention. Ezekiel is talking about the rivers of healing water that comes out from the sanctuary. He talks about the gate. The gate talks about the healing sanctuary. Forwarded thousands of years later, there is a beautiful gate. Okay, We all know Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the gate. No one can come through the Father without me. Now, in, the, in Ezekiel, he pictured of what the healing gate going to be look like. What happened? The healing gate, Jesus brought life. Here, Ezekiel says, I am seeing myself at the gate. And when you measure from the gate, I brought, you know, there was water. If you keep on reading the rest of the verse, in the, it says in verse 12, along the banks of the river on this side, there will grow all kinds of trees for good and leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because the waters flow from the sanctuary and it will become a healing to many. Now, if you look at this picture and you, you see this, Jesus becoming the gate and he brought healing to people. Here was a guy who had a problem in his ankle. He was at the beautiful gate. And God brought healing through Peter and John, through beautiful gate, Jesus, who symbolically mentioned in Ezekiel 47. Now, I want you to pay attention. This is so beautiful. Now, in the, in the, this guy, we don't know his parents. We, we don't know if he's Jew or non-Jew. We don't know if he's a Christian. He does, we don't know anything about him. We don't know his belief system. All we know, he was at the beautiful gate. And there he found healing to his ankle. And this is a, such a beautiful reminder one more time. It does not matter what background you come from. It does not matter your parents have accepted the Lord. It does not matter you are a Jew or a non-Jew. It does not matter you are sick or you know, you're healed. You could not walk or you could, not, you could walk. It does not matter. All it matters is if you had come to the beautiful gate, Jesus, he can restore. Amen. And that's a beautiful reminder for me that I have hope in Jesus. I can find my life in Jesus. And every child, in, in, even for every adult, they need these four things. Number one, acceptance. Number two, guidance. Number three, protection. Number four, focused attention. And this guy from childbirth, he did not have any of those four things. He did not have acceptance. People would just drop him there to beg. One of my friends, he leads Vivam uh, Mumbai. He, he, he runs a very beautiful ministry. So one day he made, uh, he wanted to know how to serve the homeless. So what he did was he, he was serving like what we do here. But one thing he said to himself, I do not know how 
the pain the homeless people gonna are going through so he took a old lungi took some you know wore some old clothes sat on the street for the entire day and slept there just to feel the pain he said he collected 136 rupees or something probably he must not be a professional beggar that's a very you know <laughs> the some of the professional beggars we know they collect 5 to 500 to 1000 rupees you know <laughs> and you know so so he, he said charles he collected 1635 rupees or 36 rupees he was on the street without pillow he was i mean i i have the picture i mean paatha yo unmiyana picture karam pola dhan theriyudhu avara paatha so he looked literally like a you know he had his little on the uh, aluminum plate he had this sombu you know that uh, the how do you call this jug and uh, he was sitting on a floor with a stick and people were ignoring him and he said the one of the most challenging thing is to see that people don't even care that there is a person sitting on the floor and that emotionally impacts people so this is what every child needs they need acceptance you and me long for that we long for that if there is no acceptance you know, so acceptance is such an important thing and if the child is not accepted they feel rejected you know and guidance every child need a guidance they need to be told what to do like now i told put the phone away it needs some attention guidance and it also needs a sense of protection you know and every child feels that thing that if you that's why if if you give a baby to a stranger they they cry not that they you know not that they know uh that mom is super capable but just the sense of that protection was taken away it's a strange place stranger's hand and they they are scared and then a focused attention you know that means looking into like i asha and isaac would say this all the time you know they would come and they would do their work uh, activities and they will say daddy look at it how, how did i do and i would be with my phone or with my book and uh, i will be say it's good <laughs> but asha will be like you didn't even look at it how do you know that i i did it good and uh, you know so <laughs> one day i was on the phone uh, you know and i was like i was reading something my wife is like how do i look you look fantastic <laughs> on my phone i'm looking <laughs> you know and she said you didn't even look at me i'm like i've been telling this for the last 13 years you, you are the same person but the focused attention is important right we all long for that and that's something this guy did not have so all these four emotional needs are met in god and that's what peter and john did you know it's so easy to give a handout but it's very hard to give a hand up and this morning that's what we will talk about it how to move from giving a handout to a hand up how to move from just throwing a 5 rupees or 10 rupees coin and to just forget that guilt feeling that man i'm i'm going to go and eat all i can in a in a barbecue restaurant you know paying 695 uh, just for my meat for a meal and downstairs a guy just i got out of the hotel there's a guy wants 10 rupees and i i, I don't you know i just that guilt feeling you know we all go through that guilt not that you should not spend your money on all you can eat i mean the lord has blessed you 
and you know you want to you have a desire to grow wider you are welcome to do do that i mean no humor had it in that but it's it's okay to do that but what i'm trying to say is we sometime give a hand out for the sake of taking the guilt away but god is more interested that we would be kingdom partners that we will become hand up to someone amen let's look at some of the things that um, that this verse teaches us i have four quick points to share number one prayer changes things how many of you believe that yes it's it's true prayer changes things but this is what my point is i believe in the discipline of prayer but praying for the sake of prayer becomes routine and religious if it is just become routine and religious prayer for the sake of prayer it is it is no make it doesn't make any sense do you understand that's why people the muslims pray five times i mean i have been on the plane in the middle of the 35000 on the on 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 above sea level they they turn somewhere they put their you know have you seen have you seen people doing that i mean in the bus stop i mean it's i mean some of their directions towards the the public toilet but that's towards mecca for them they don't care you know sometimes we are like we 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 are more conscious on where do we play if you go on any yes you know muslim airlines qatar emirates or any etihad and you will always see a pointer some direction like a mark where that says that direction is where you have to put your towards mecca okay and mecca is directly opposite towards towards jerusalem so every time in mecca when they bow down they are showing their backs towards jerusalem and you know, that's another old point but the point i'm trying to make is this i don't want to get the comfort from the conscience that i prayed you know we all say did you pray because my parents raised me up that's how they raised me up did you pray you know if you don't pray it's almost like a, a guilty conscience i didn't pray i didn't read bible you know how many of you felt that guilty conscience and i got up man i didn't pray any one of you nobody just one the rest of you like super holy <laughs> anyway thank you for your honesty you know but i don't want to get the comfort from experience you know i don't want to get the comfort from the conscience i prayed i don't want to say okay lord i prayed now i move on no i want to get the comfort from experiencing the power of prayer amen it's such a big difference once you understand you know so i i'm not praying because i have to pray i am praying because when i pray kingdom manifests it's a big difference okay i don't want to get my joy from the discipline of prayer what does that mean okay i prayed now i am i am somebody better than others i prayed so i am i'm i'm good these guys didn't even pray that's a form what is a form form is a method but when you don't have a power in that method it becomes religious okay i want to get my joy from the power of answered prayers what is it called relationship do you see the difference sometimes we pray for the sake of praying and we say i prayed i feel good i prayed i feel joyful no 
that shouldn't be the case bill johnson says when you pray and you come out from your prayer room and you're exactly same as you went inside all you did was you didn't pray you just complained you understand the point so prayer has to change prayer has to bring a internal transformation my my grandma used to get up 4 o'clock she would make the black coffee and she would start singing and praying you know and and so what is religion it is a form without power it is a form without power that's called religion religion has got a form do this do this don't do this don't do that then you will be okay we are not called to be okay christians we are called to live and experience the kingdom and manifest the kingdom to others so okay christians are not what jesus died on the cross to live a okay life to live a normal life can you imagine jesus coming down paying the most unimaginable cruel death on the cross so that we can have a okay christian life that we just barely make it I mean, that for me it's it's a very uh, reductionist world view of reducing the son of god price on the cross okay one of the things that the lord recently has done in when we were in america for 9 months uh, you know due to the accident and unis uh, uh, health issue sometimes the lord will ask us to do something different so one day i used to go into my room and pray one day the lord said you know what uh, you are getting comfort in the conscience that you prayed i want you to take a walk with your son i remember say to isaac isaac let's go for a walk in the beginning he was not so happy so we would go for a walk it's like a kilometer walk and back and forth and that was the time when ukraine started their war so we would hear you know it's almost a year now uh, we we are in in the war in ukraine versus russia so we would we would get up 5:45 it's in the evening okay then i would just take a take a walk with isaac and i remember and he would ask me daddy what is a war a 7 8 9 year old did not know what is a war i have to tell them war is when two people don't agree two governments don't agree they will fight and he will say oh is, is that is war is, so when you and mummy fight is that a war <laughs> i'm like let's not go there <laughs> mummy always wins that war no <laughs> exactly so but so what is a war and then we would pray for people like people in maripol people in different cities in 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 ukraine and i remember those four five months my relationship with my son grew tremendously and i could able to even see that sometimes he would say daddy today we can pray for this i would i would ask what can i pray you will say daddy why don't we pray for you know we lived in a in a white neighborhood but there are some black african americans and we daddy why don't we pray for them some of them are very big they need to lose weight i mean he ask no filters so we would pray for that you know and he would be praying lord let them eat healthy and there will be a, a black african american i would be like lord jesus let them not hear this <laughs> you know and we would have this kind of conversation and the, the over the months 
I realized that not only my relationship with the Lord grew, but also his relationship with the Lord grew. And most importantly, obviously it's equally important, our relationship has gone even more deeper. We could have even deeper conversations. What is the result? What is the need of prayer? Prayer is not just a one-way communication. It has to produce something of eternal value. If it doesn't produce anything eternal value, we just did something religious. So that's the first one. Handout versus, you know, hand up. Sorry, prayer changes things. The second one is handout versus hand up. Handout is not a bad idea. It helps a person for a moment. But hand up is a kingdom mindset. It helps a person to discover their identity and allows them to be restored in their dignity and destiny. One day the Holy Spirit spoke to my wife very clearly. You, you don't, you don't uh, just feed them. You also give them, teach them. You know, you don't give them a fish, but teach them how to fish. You heard that English thing. So we have like 20 kids in our, in our program. And in this 20 children, they come from a very broken family. I mean, if you, if you hear some of their stories, it's, it breaks your heart. And you wonder, like, man, I can't even compare my circumstances. My circumstances are peanuts compared to what they go through. Last week, they were all here. And we were able to speak into their life. And one of the things the Lord spoke very clearly to my wife is, empower them in such a way that you will see that they can stand on their own feet. So they, they, most of their parents have never even gone more than fifth standard or sixth standard or even eighth standard, the maximum, not even a 10th grade. So they grew up with a dire poverty. One of the things the Lord spoke very clearly is, you're going to give not a handout, but a hand up. How are you going to do? Give them quality education. And it's tough. I mean, most of you are here for one purpose. A good education, right? If CMC is not here, you will not be here, right? I mean, you say, wow, Vellur is such a beautiful, scenic place. I would love to come here. Hmm? Sam? Huh? Such a, I love these mountains. When I stand up there, I see beautiful prison jail, 2,000 inmates, you know? That's the reason you come to Vellur? No, you come to Vellur for one reason. Right? You left the beautiful Northeast to come here for what? To enjoy the scorching heat? It's, it's, it doesn't make sense. We come here because there is something the city offers. What is that? It brings me to a place where I can get quality education. If I get a quality education, I will have a quality life. Yes or no? Quality not be measured with amount of money. Okay, don't go there. But the quality is, it's a better. My life will not be the same 10 years from now. Why? Because of the education that I received here. Period. So that's what the Holy Spirit spoke very clearly. Empower them. So we went to some of the school principals and we talked to them. These kids are from this poor place. Please, we went to the Auxilium College. My mom graduated from Auxilium College. So we went to the mother superior and uh, talking to mother superior, we felt inferior, but that was a different issue. <laughs> but talking, you know, and we, my wife and me, we went and sat with the mother superior, explained the situation. 
they cut the price a little bit down and we shared the need and we said this is what we are going to do bring these kids who have zero opportunity and empower them you know one of the beautiful stories one one beautiful girl she her father is a you know a daily mootta thukra kooli how do you try how do you translate that she he carries bags you know daily wages most of his money goes on alcohol or she is doing her final year in visual communications and you know, one girl is doing her final year in history she wants to become a teacher she wants to continue you know bachelor's in education move on it's tough even to you know to raise that money we talk to people include them you know into the partnering with them one 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 children lost uh, one particular family lost both of their father and mother in in a year you know the son's name is emmanuel the daughter name is angel and my brother called and said this family don't have anybody the parents are just gone so we took them in put them in a beautiful school they are growing up education hand out no hand up amen it's very important and i'll explain to you give you some more practical things silver and gold i do not have what what do i have i give it to you i want to ask you what do you have in your hand maybe you you may not be part of raising a children like this but you can do something you know you can you can invest for example when we meet every month here those kids you know those you can you can give 2 hours of your time in last week karishma was here and she gave 2 hours of her time translating speaking life into people you could give 2 hours of your time by investing in sharing your journey speaking life into people you could invest in that you could go with us in the feeding the homeless on saturdays or you could even talk to your friends and say hey you know what to to educate to pay for once you know you all know how much your parents struggle to pay your school fees yeah right i mean they don't just write a check easily i mean it's they took a toil so you could say you know i'm going to save my pocket money 100 rupees or 500 rupees i'm going to invest into the life of an education maybe buy them one one month's book supply notes or books sit down son amen something why because we have the eternal mindset in us it's not a handout but a hand up there was an a hand up people gave in my life i remember when i was just starting my missions i remember my south african mentor is 65 and he said charles i want to walk with you to see i see a great leadership anointing in your life i was just 24 years old from tamil nadu never went outside tamil nadu first time i sat on a plane when i was 24 years old i i don't have any exposure but there was one guy saw a potential in me and he said i want to walk with you i will mentor you and today god took me to more than 112 countries to preach the gospel why there was one guy who did not just give a handout but a hand up there was another guy is an is a is a jewish guy from uh, from venezuela he came to our wedding 
He said, Charles, I see a leadership calling inside of you. I want you to come with me, travel with me, travel with me. And I want you to, I'm going to open doors for you to go and preach. He said, I want, I'm, I'm going next month to America. I want you to come and teach there. Somebody will do that. And that's how God opened doors. And out, no, and up. And that's my prayer, you know. Two months ago, you know, first time. It was the first experience for Patrick to go to Dubai. The church, he ministered. You know why? Because the Lord would did in my life. I want to continue to pass on. You received something from your parents. You could pass on. Amen. Your life is never stops with you. Your blessings never stops with you. It's a flow. The first DTS I ever preached in Germany was Anna's DTS in 2011. A seed. One of my friends said, I moved to a beautiful castle called Urlach. You know, and it is a small village. He said to me, Charles, there are more cows in my village than people. Only 1,350 people are there. More than 15,000 cows are there. I wanted to come and preach. I asked him, to the cows or to the people? So he invited me. We went, me and my wife, we just got married. One year, we got married. Just not even a year. We got married in March. In next year, March or something he invited. February he invited. You did your January DTS, no? September, yeah. So we were just few months married. We were there. Arrived there. So we're around 10, 15 students. We don't even, you know, have any contact on Facebook. Suddenly she wrote to me. Said, do you remember? I'm one of your students. I, I looked at this. First, I, I don't know the name. I, when we meet so many students, throughout the years I've preached you know, literally thousands of students, we don't know. So I looked the mutual friends, Volker. So I thought, oh yeah, I remember, I remember. 11 years ago, you throw a seed and she is here to serve this nation. You don't know, your life doesn't stop here. Your life has got much more than what you can imagine of. All you need to do be is like, man, I'm here to be a willing to be a you know, channel of blessing. Number three, supernatural becomes our new normal. There is a divine mandate on us as king citizens and we are called to express that kingdom through our lifestyle. We owe to this world an encounter with the living God. So every day we get this opportunity to partner with Jesus to share and express this divine love. What is supernatural? Excuse me, what is supernatural? Supernatural means living in the reality of another invisible kingdom. So people will ask, why are you doing this? Because you live in a different kingdom. Why do you bless others? Why do you help? Why do you partake in someone's grief? Why do you go and be a blessing? Why? Because I live in another side of the kingdom. My kingdom is not from here. So I expect to things that does not align with the kingdom where I am living, I expect change. Amen? And these, this guy, Peter and John, the guy who actually could not even stand at the confrontation of a little slave girl, now here looking intently at someone and says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, I will give it to you. 
in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. My brothers and sisters, we can never give what we don't have. But you need to realize what you have. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Jesus lives inside of you. Jesus resides in you. The address of God is your heart. He has taken residence in you. So you have a greater opportunity to reach out to the people. So many stories. I can go on and say, one of the stories, Patrick, you know, he, he, when he went to give the food to the homeless, you know, he met this, this lady at the end, at the gate of this rehab home. You know, there is a fruit shop store. You might have seen that lady. She's from the South Sevagasia. Tamil is very different. At the next to the police station, that gate, where you enter the CMC, there's a fruit stop. There's an old lady. She actually came for her son who is disabled, physically challenged. I mean, mentally challenged, right? So she came for treatment, but she ended up staying there to survive. And you, every time you go and talk, and she feels strengthened, encouraged. People love to hear words of comfort. People love to hear words that you care for them. John Maxwell says that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care about them. The world will never remember the Ambani's. But world still remember and talks about Marat Teresa. Somebody interviewed, it was G.K. Chesterton who interviewed, you know, no, sorry, Malcolm Magridge interviewed uh, Mother Teresa. You see so much poverty in this city. How are you going to change everybody? She said, one child at a time. One child at a time. We started with three kids. We have 20 kids now. There's going to be a time will come. We are praying that the homeless ministry one day serving to the food to the homeless will stop. Why? Because there will be no homeless in the city of Melbourne. Amen. That's a kingdom thought. You know, it's not like we are serving with 50 packets. Now we are serving 5,000 people homeless. That means what? Your ministry has grown higher. The homeless situation is still the same. You get the point? The more people you feed is not the goal of your ministry. That's, that will put your nice portfolio on your resume. Papa's house serving 5,000 meals a day. That shouldn't be the goal. What should be the goal? They started off serving, but there is no homeless now. Amen. Why? There are no homeless in the heaven. Are there any homeless in heaven? In the kingdom? Huh? Hello? <laughs> there are no homeless so we should think that way we should think like that God if it is not happening there why it's happening here so if it is not happening there why it's happening I want to be the agent of change amen I want to be the agent of hope not agent of dope <laughs> amen so anyway so that's the that's the third one supernatural becomes our new normal that I live with a constant expectation. I shared this testimony a few years ago. I walked with one of my uh, friends to CMC. And they were, the child, almost, she was 10 or 12. She was on life support. And the doctor said, we wanted to remove the life support. And that's it. So he said, wait, I'm going to bring one pastor. We're going to pray. So he told me the story. I said, Lord, what to do? I don't know what to do. The Lord said, go there. Just pray what I pray through you. 
So I just prayed. I said, Lord, your kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven on this daughter of yours. Started praying. Went, no sign, nothing changed. And uh, they came and took out the life support. 12 hours, 24 hours, 36 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours, 96 hours. She did not die from ICU to normal ward, then discharged. She is now in her late teens. We don't know. Our job is to be a channel. Our job, wherever you go, just ask the Lord, God, let the supernatural be a normal, a new normal. You know, when you are kind to somebody, God can be pour through. You know, when you go and get your coffee in that next to that uh, cafe, next to that um, uh, canteen store, I mean, how do you call college store? There is a coffee shop. There is a tall lady, this, uh, this, this tall. Have you seen she is serving coffees? Small lady. She's in petite size. She's, I mean, so we always, I teach my kids, say thank you, Akka. And she's got such a big smile when, when the, my kids say, thank you, Akka. We buy oranges. But thank you, Akka. She feels so blessed. Just that word. Why? Because you're living in a different kingdom. Or coffee. You know, that attitude, it, it's not nice. Just that, because people look at it like, wow, these people are walking differently. Why? Because you are from another kingdom. Me and Patrick went to Thiruvannamal. I have to do a license again. And uh, so my license got expired. So next door is a Photoshop. I have to go and take a photo. This old lady, she is like this hunched back, walking in, bringing her old photo to take some photo. And the guy said, She wants only one copy. You know, that means only four copies or eight copies. She said, how much is four copies? 50 rupees. She's opening her mudchi, you know. A few, 10, maybe 10, 20 only is there. She's not there. Put it back. She said, Sami, that means I'll go and come back. I said, party, what do you want? Photo. I want to take a photo. I said, I'll pay for you. She was like stunned. I said, give her eight copies. The guy looked at me stunned also. Are you relative? Yes. In the kingdom. I said, Patrick, pay. Eight copies. She's lift up her hands. Magarasana Valve. I'm already living Magarasana. I'm king's kid. She's saying, you will live like a Maharaja. I'm saying, I'm already living. That's why I'm doing this. Hello. You get the point. So, just simple 80 rupees. What is 80 rupees? It's, 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 it's one of your donut money. But that changed. I don't know. That seed you planted, we will read in the rest of the verses in I planted, Apollos watered. God gives the increase. You can go stories like this again and again, again and again. Why? Because you live in a different kingdom. Amen. It's such a small act of kindness produces supernatural, you know, encounters for the people. Last but not the least, this actually connects this, the third point. Living a lifestyle of generosity. You can't give what you don't have. Peter and John, they lived not on the lack, on their own resources, 
but in, lived in abundance on god's resources they didn't they didn't they know sometimes we say oh brother i wish if i have like money like ambani then i will give no you will not if you are not faithful in 1000 rupees you will not be faithful in 1 million rupees it's not possible if if you can't pay tithe with 10000 rupees salary if god gives you 25 lakhs monthly you will not be able to pay 2 lakh 50000 tithe why because you are not able to pay even 1000 rupees tithe you understand so i know some of you are very faithful in your tithes i i get the notifications it goes to the church account i i know that but i, I know some of you i mean i don't see any any money comes through from you but that's between you and god but if you are faithful in the little god honors you god is a faithful god and it's not only you know i'm not i mean money is a easy way to measure it that's why we are giving an example but generosity is more than money it's it's more than, it's your lifestyle you know sometimes we are taught today i was reading uh, in my devotion and it says uh, how one guy i forgot his name uh, william farrell or i'm not someone he actually made an observation between europe and america how europe and america are such a different in their thinking so for example he says the the work ethics you know is started uh, by the belief in god if you don't have a belief in who god is the work ethics is goes down so that's why in india the work ethic is not there so you have to be constantly with the people you call them somebody to do the job they will not come tell them to come 10 o'clock they'll come at 11:30 late ayirchi sir why because the work ethic is not there why the work ethic is not there because the people's belief system about god who is the sustainer of life is not there so he says he compares it in america people have a belief in god so the work ethic is there and in europe its tendency is going down he's, he made a big statistics and he says there if you take 1000 people europeans and they have lost if you took a 1000 europeans and you ask them how many days you have lost work in every year in a calendar year and the the number one country stands high is spain 240 days people didn't go to work and the, and 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 120 days in germany people didn't go to work why because the concept of god is diminishing when the concept of god is diminishing you don't go to work now look at in our own tamil nadu okay the youngsters don't want to work yes or no they don't want to work why because the concept of god is not there you just live everything is free so you have you, the more free you get the less you work government is giving that's why the more higher taxes if you go to europe the taxes are up to even 70% some of the taxes why because you have to give so many free 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 tv you know free things free 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 cycle free computer free everything free one who taxes so people don't want to work so we have to create a mindset that i am working not because to make money i work because god worked he created this world 
out of nothing. Look at this generosity, lifestyle of generosity came out not on, the, on living on the lack of what I don't have, but living in the abundance what he has got. I want, to, I want you to think about this. Four simple things. If you can look back, prayer changes things. I don't pray so that I can get comfort in prayer. I pray so that God answers prayers. Amen. Sometimes God will say, wake you up. Sometimes God wakes me up at 4.30 or 5. Just for 5-10 minutes, he gives me a thought to pray. Disturbed. God disturbs you to get up. My wife gets up sometimes in the night. She says, I had a dream about this person. And I would be like, I don't get those dreams. Most of my dreams are barbecue or pizzas or whatever. Her dreams are very profound. One day, one of my friends, he lives in UK. She had a dream about him. He's not doing well. He said, your friend, so-and-so, who lives there, is not doing well. And I said, well, I don't know. You talk to him. He doesn't, he's not, he's a very, you know, black and white guy. He doesn't believe in those supernatural. I said, you write to him. She wrote to him. It's 11 years ago. Every time I meet him, even now, he talks about it. Your wife's dream, Charles, impacted me. I'm like, thank God it's not pizza. Thank God it's not my dream because my dream impacts nothing. I'm not gifted in that. Sometimes God gives you that. A vision, an open vision he gives you. What's that? It's the divine, supernatural encounter that comes upon you. You have an opportunity to host it, steward it, nurture it, manifest it to the people. Prayer changes things. Hand out, not hand up. Not hand out, but hand up. Supernatural becomes our new normal. And you're living a lifestyle of generosity. That's what we read in this 10 verses. Peter looked intently at this guy. And he changed his history forever. Don't you want to be history maker? I want to be history maker. A teenage girl who came on holidays to see her dad working here. And when she saw the pregnant woman, a Muslim pregnant woman came and they were about to, she was about to give birth. And the Muslim guy said, the husband said, no, I cannot allow my wife to be seen by a male doctor. And the male doctor said, even though I am very professional, I can take care of it. She said, he said, no, according to my culture, he does not allow. This Muslim lady died. This impacted this teenage girl who came on holidays. She went back, studied medicine, came and started first mobile maternal clinic, which turned out to be the Asia's number one hospital, CMC. You are part of, I'm telling your story. You're like, which, which, which teenage girl you're talking about? <laughs> Hello? One, one girl. Story changed forever. She could have gone back and said, ah, that Muslim culture, hmm, thank God I'm not Muslim. You know, we, sometimes we take pride in the fact that I don't have that mindset. That's religion, guys. It should hurt us because it hurts the heart of the father. 
Amen. We sing the song, no? Break my heart. Oh God. You know that song? Break my heart. Oh God. Make it ever true. We sing that song, right? What is that? It's not just a song. It's, it's the reality of the kingdom. So this girl was bothered by that fact. Do you know this guy, John Calvin? How many of you heard about John Calvin? Who was John Calvin? Yeah, reformer in Protestant in Geneva. John Calvin was a 22-year-old boy running away from France. He was going to Strasbourg. Strasbourg, some small city, I think in Germany. Strasbourg, some, somewhere, yeah. yeah. He was on the way. It was actually a detour. So he stopped. The local pastor came, looked at John intently and said, John, you should not run away because he was running away from French anti-Protestants because France was under the king. Uh, I think it was King James or somebody who was very strong Catholic who hated Protestants. They were killing, murdering them. It's in the 15th century. So John Calvin was detouring and this pastor looked at him and said, what are you going to do? I'm going to go to Strasbourg, work under a pastor, write books about God. He looked at him, prophesied, may your normal life will be cursed if you stop doing what God has called you to do. John Calvin stopped going to Strasbourg. Out of that came a great reformation. I'll read it for you. Exactly what he spoke. It's in, it's, I wrote it, I took a mark on that. Look at this. He says, you are merely following your own wishes. And I declare in the name of the Almighty God, if you refuse to take part in the Lord's work in this church, God will curse the quiet life you want for your studies. There's a guy, he prophesied. Today, if you prophesy like that, pastor is rejected, right? Today, you want the pastor to bless you, thousand times increase you, more car, more extra house, abundance, a Rolex watch, original, not duplicate, first copy, no, you know. That would be a promotion, right? Look at this. God will curse your quiet life. I came to Sunday, somebody cursed me. This guy's name was William Farrell. He changed this course of history. John Calvin. He brought that, that beautiful doctrine of predestination. You remember the predestination? God has forechosen you before the foundations of the world. Interrupted. John Calvin stood in Geneva, one of the most smelliest city in Europe. Am I boring you guys? Is it okay? I'm going to finish in three minutes. Yeah. Most smelliest city in the whole of Europe was Geneva. People would pee on the street. Oh, that reminds me of Vellur, brother. Yes, it was like that 500 years ago in, in, in Geneva. People would have a, it was an outskirt. Refugees from France were stuck there. They're French-speaking city in Geneva. Okay? John Calvin started this business, inviting international people to come and start their business. You know, this make in India, Modiji is telling now, John Calvin started doing it 500 years ago. Now Geneva became the most cleanliest. God takes us there almost every year to preach the gospel. Cleanliest city. 
you drop an idli on the floor, you will not mind taking it back again. Hmm? Here, we cannot even bring our own shoes inside our own home. Why? Because we, we are cleaning the whole streets with our shoes. This guy changed. He brought reformation in a theology world. He brought people from other communities to come and stay, start businesses. He empowered the women. One guy who was running away from the French anti-protestant. He was actually supposed to go on another D route, but the war made him to not run on the regular route. He took a detour via Geneva, stayed in a house. Some pastor comes in and says, cursed be the day that you will start living a quiet life. The fear of the Lord came. He never went to Strasbourg. Do you know? If you read the rest of his story, John Calvin never ended his destination in Strasbourg. He never went. But today, his work has impacted thousands, if not millions and millions of people. My brothers and sisters, that's the God we worship. Amen? Your life is not just for you. I'm going to get this. You know, most of us, we think like that. I'm going to get this. If I have the CMC credentials on my resume, England, I'm settled. You know, Middle East, I'm settled. You know, Canada will take me. Canada will say, Vada, you know. <laughs> That's not the reason. My life is much bigger than just getting a couple of, you know, lakhs or building a house. I mean, those things, I'm not downplaying it. Don't get me wrong. God will give you. We lived with nothing. We came with two suitcases into the city of Velour. I mean, God has been gracious. I, I, I understand that. But your life is not just for that. Your life is not just to make money. Life is not just to compare yourself with others. Life is not just to get drive a good car. I, you know, no, you even if you walk, even if you wear one crore watch, still it will show the same time, right? It will not add one minute extra because you are wearing one crore watch. It's, it's so we have to move away from those consumer mentality to look beyond, look deeper. You know, we don't know how many students studied along with Ida Scudder. But we still know only. We know we don't know how many Albanian sisters who came out of Albania. You know, they were teachers. And they did not, they just saw the poverty. But this teacher, every year, every year, every day, she would teach and she would take two rupees was her weekly bus charge. She would not use that bus money. She would take that two rupees. And she will buy bread and give to the homeless on the streets in Calcutta. She was a teacher. She came to teach the poor children. We don't know how many sisters came. But one sister said, I'm going to take the two rupees. I'm going to buy food for the homeless. Out of that came missionaries of charity. I was there. My mom was there. To serve. See, it's, it's, we have, when we think like that, one person, John Calvin, Mother Teresa, C.T. Studd. We know many cricketers, but one cricketer said, you know what? I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to work with the African people. Henry Martin, not Ricky Martin, Henry Martin. He came to Nagpur, the center part of India. You know, that's the center part of India. Nag, Nag means snake. You know, 
So he came. The people beat him up so badly. He translated the New Testament. Nine, twenty-nine year old. He translated the New Testament in Hindustani language, and he translated it in 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 Farsi. Bartholomew Ziegenbach from Gorlitz, from a small village in the eastern Germany. Eastern Germany people in those days they were under the communist, so they are not rich like the West Germany. So from the East Germany at Gorlitz, I was there in the same church preaching the gospel. Came here, learned the Tamil Bible, learned the Tamil language, translated the Tamil Bible. You know how we translate? We translate with the help of the Brahmins, Hindus. Because they were the educated ones, so he translated with the help of, and in the age of before age of thirty one he died, but he gave us Tamil Bible today. Hundred million Tamilians out of that came Malayalam Bible. Thirty one, you know how he died because fever, simple fever, did not have paracetamol that time. I'm talking about seventeen o one. Guys, one guy. We don't know how many students were there along with him. We don't know how many other people. One person. Who said to himself, "God, my life, I want to count it worthy for you. Do whatever it takes." They brought supernatural revival. You could be that one person, or you could be one of those persons who just went and sought their own life. Do you know this lady? I'll finish off with this in the Bible. Two widows. They lost their husbands. They followed their mother-in-law. Mother-in-law name is what? Naomi. You remember? One said, "Orpha." She said, "You know what? I cannot be with you. I'm going to go back." One said, "Ruth, your people are my people. Your God is my God." She followed Moabite women, did not have any Jewish trace. Came, sat there. Okay, you know the story. Moab, Moabite woman Ruth married who? Boaz. Boaz's son is Obed. Obed's son is Jesse. Jesse's son is David. Okay, cut the long story short. Orpha went there. Nobody wants to marry her. Become a prostitute. Her great son is Goliath. When you take a hard decision now to follow the Lord, you will raise a David to kill every Goliath. Not only there, the story ends. This Moabite lady, who is not even a Jew, was included in the genealogy of Jesus. So when when Jesus refers her great 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 grandmother, who is that? A Moabite lady. Somebody else. One person. Why don't we all stand up? I want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you will give that ability, Lord. Not a handout, not to shrug off the guilt from our shoulders so that we can move on. Want to bring some change. And Lord, there are some burning things you put inside on my brothers and sisters' heart. I pray that you will give us the audacity to stand firm.
We need you, Holy Spirit. I don't know if this makes sense to you, but I feel God has given you each and every one a passion inside of you. Some something, it may be a social injustice, maybe it's a woman issue, maybe it's a child, maybe it's poverty, maybe it's you know young people uh, getting distracted with porn and addiction. Something that it bothers. It's like a burning thing inside of you. God is saying, I put that dream inside of you. And he's waiting for an S from you so that he can walk with you. He, all he asks an S, a willingness. They say in English, when the going gets tough, only the tough gets going. God is saying, yes, it's going to get tough. But I know I have given you that grace to hold on to me. If that's you, I want you to put your hand on your heart and say, God, let this small little dream or desire that you put in my heart, let it not, I don't want to pour my cold water on those dreams. I want to pour cold water on my fears and I want to put your Holy Spirit like gasoline, this petrol on my dreams. Let it grow. Let it become a fire, Lord. If that's you, just wherever you are, just put your hand on your heart and just receive this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's touching you right now. I don't want to be that servant who hid his talents and exposed his fear. Lord, help me to hide my fears and expose my talents. Thank you, Father. Here are some announcements. If you have missed any of our sermons, you can watch them by logging in on Papa's House through YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes and Facebook. We have a family support program where we support single mothers and their children by getting provisions through finances and opportunities to earn a livelihood through small businesses. Every Friday, through our homeless feeding program, our team prepares and distributes food packets for homeless people in and around Velour. We would encourage you to join us in this program by either preparing or distributing food packets and also by considering making your generous contributions through your finances. If you consider yourself to be a part of Papa's house, then we would encourage you to send your tithes and offerings. But if you are visiting Papa's house for a few occasions and led by the Spirit and you feel that Papa's house has made a difference in your spiritual life and your connection with Christ, you could consider sowing a small seed through an offering. We would make sure it falls on the good soil so that it reaps a good reward from God. You can find the details of the bank accounts and Google Pay should you decide to send in your offering to us. We will intimate to you once we have received it. Also, here are the links on how you can reach and follow us.